podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is backed for the season by Labrooks. This is The Whistleblowers and I'm Martin Gritton back again with co-host Mark Smith. Mark, lovely to have you here. Thanks for having me, yeah. yeah always nice to hear your voice, the voice of reason, as <laughs> I like to is. call you. Yeah, very much so. Thanks, um, uh, we're joined tonight by a Whistleblower regular and good to have you back on, Mr Sam Pilger. Thank you, good to be back. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for managing to find a car park space. That's right. Literally Just outside the studio. It cost them thousands of pounds to two <laughs> hours parking in central London. Two hours parking in central London, it's peanuts, mate, it's peanuts. <laughs> Just take out his fee for this. Yeah, or I'll give him some delicious Watneys because we have some... Oh, speaking uh, of which, yeah, I just cracked open a nice fresh Watneys. It's lovely and cold and delicious, yeah, as room, always. Room temperature Watneys is the best way to enjoy Watneys. Um, good to have you here, Sam. Uh it's been a busy one. I, well, you've actually just come from from uh, the cricketing world, which is the world I work I in have, now. But yeah, yes. what, what, what have you been doing? I have, I, I've been, um, it's book season, so I've been doing lots of interviews, which has been good. So I interviewed Michael Carrick a couple of weeks ago, Shane Warne today from the oh, cricket nice. world. And, and, and Friday, the most fun of all was, a, was an hour and a half with Kevin Keegan, who was, uh, who was, who was just great. He was absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, even... Though I took him to the dark recesses of the ninety five ninety six Newcastle season, we're all in you. Yeah, <laughs> but that's one of the selling points of his book, isn't it? Because I heard him do the preamble. It's, it's been it's been pumped into all the kind of pods at the minute. Yeah, I think him doing the bit about and selling the ninety five ninety six, but you can almost hear the pain in his voice. Isn't you know, yeah, can I just ask something? Yeah. You know that bit when Collingwood scores that goal mm-hmm. and he the that, camera yeah. goes to him, and you see yeah. Keegan pretty much physically collapse in on himself and and mm. sort of go behind the boardings. I don't think I've seen a manager do that since. And I think it's a lot to do with him that we now see managers have a more stoic <laughs> face on the sideline. Because for fans of him, we thought that was great. Like, that was a real mm. person there going through hell. And the same with the I would love it rant. Absolutely. And you, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe, you know, managers have become a bit more robotic since then. But, yeah, so near, so far. For, do you, do you for think he's season. in the in the coaching courses of, of sort of how not to wear your heart on your sleeve when it comes to... Do you know what? Actually, it's the reverse. People right. love that passion. And he said that when he does talks um, at the Royal uh, Nursing um, uh, Foundation and groups, that they use that as an example of uh, passion in leadership. Yeah, yeah. But, but fans love that. But do... I mean, it seemed to me when he did that thing with, with Ferguson, the love it if we beat them, that seemed like Ferguson was 1-0 up, really. Well... I have to I have to say that I am a victim of thinking that came earlier in the season that was there was only one game to go and the title had almost gone then so people he he gets annoyed that that's used as an example of him uh sending the wrong mental uh signs to his players but actually that was there was only one game to go and united needed a draw or a win and he admits his team had gone by then anyway yeah. and they yeah. drew with spurs and they lost the title by four points so actually by that point it didn't have an impact on 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 the title but we look back and we th- we think it did but yeah clearly right. ferguson got under his skin it, but in my head that happened in like february no, yeah, but it no, was, it's not at all. It right. was May. It was one game to I go. Realise that. You know, so the final game, United need to draw or beat Middlesbrough, and Newcastle had to win to have any hope. But it so it, it, it gone there, and he admits um, that, that 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 they were gone. But he, he he said, you know, that is he thinks, and it's an interesting. He thinks that Ferguson went too far, and right. that he, he it was a cheap trick. He was a stirrer, and he crossed the line he wouldn't cross. But then he says, "Well, that's why Ferguson's got thirteen Premier League titles, Absolutely. and I've got He's none to go there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, but I didn't think it was 
too bad. He was, you know. No, neither did no. I. No. no. <laughs> Big fan. Big yeah. fan. Not bad, I, is he? I, I heard he's a, a thoroughly decent bloke as well, though, you know, in terms of man management and the way he mm. kind of... Well, he's, yeah, his players loved playing for him and, and um, you know... You know John Beresford and people say they jump off the time bridge for him and just yeah. absolutely lo- loved him and and you could see why he's so infectious and so he, he um, and enthusiastic you could see why but I think he 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 what I'd forgotten as well he he and it, he went out of football for seven years he literally retired from playing and did nothing didn't even go to a game two games he went to two games in seven years and then they phoned him up and said do you want to come manage Newcastle and then he had that incredible five years. But you just wouldn't have that now, manager. You know, you know, Gerard and, and Lampard yeah. and Terry, they, they, they're still in it. Seven years. He said he, his daughter thought he was a golfer because that's all he did. He played golf. Wow. Didn't go to football. And then, you know, comes back in. But I think, I think his lack of coaching now probably did for him in the end. But he got close. He got close. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, another, another interesting story about coaching. I, I was listening to, to some, of the, some of the other podcasts talking about Barkley and the way that he's kind of emerged in him saying that the lack of coaching that he received at Everton yeah. which, which says he's finally being coached yeah which is weird because you can understand that that being Sarah Grapes if say if it wasn't a dream move for him you know if he'd have gone somewhere like Crystal Palace and gone well I'm being coached better here and yeah and you know having to prove himself and drag the team up but it's it's interesting the way that coaching clearly at that level, because you, know, you expect him to be a player that, you know, it's almost a, a level of self-coaching. When you have that technique, you just learn. When you have people around you in the training pitch, you go, that's how to operate, or that's, I've got to play at that speed. But but you're an ex-pro. Like, what are your thoughts on his comments there? Because he's obviously, he's obviously impressed with Sari, and he wants to, you know, score a few points maybe by saying, I'm in my boss brilliant. But at the same time, he's sort of denigrating previous coaches. And no, those no, coaches, it's a dig, isn't it? Yeah, those coaches are like, they're, they're good they're good football coaches, right? And yeah. Martinez is now doing well for Belgium and I, don't know, I can't think of who else he's... Yeah, Koeman, 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 And it, it, it just seems like a bit yeah. of a dick move. It is, and, it, and it's also, you've got to be careful when you drop that sort of thing in. Don't drop it. Drop it in at the end of the season. Yeah. Don't drop it when you're at everything's absolutely coasting because we used to... I, I always admired that when we would have lads come in from Premier League clubs on loan to so in League Two, League One, and they'd look like the, the old phrase Rolls Royces, but they'd be, be operating at a speed far above everyone else. Yeah. Their movement, their positioning, they receive the ball. Four games later, <laughs> just get worn down, bit of attrition, couple of guys around them that just kind of, you can see their heart sink when they squared it to someone and the guy just leathered up the pitch. But you know, then they'd have to think through that problem. There'd be another problem for them to work through. And, and the ones that succeed are the ones that could always work through those problems. I remember Carrick, I think Carrick was at Swindon. And uh, we had uh, one of his teammates down at Plymouth and we were just thinking, we're doing quite nice to get Carrick because he went to Swindon and was just unbelievable. It's almost like some of these players just, they flourish in, in those environments. And that's perhaps the real test. And Barkley, let's face it, he's getting to play alongside some great players at the minute. He's also he's, he is a top player. I think he's always got the ability, the potential yes. to be a top player. And maybe that that thing you say there about the lower leagues and those guys used to manicured pitches and their heart sinking. That's what makes them. Yeah, that's yeah. why you've seen these players who played in the lower leagues even for six months on loan. Yeah, you know that's why someone like Mason Mount can get in the England squad. I think because yeah. Southgate's seeing that he's gone down that division to do a proper job and he's doing it. 
You make a good point. So the Chelsea game, did you see it either? Did you see in the, I watched. I, yeah, I, I watched. The, I watched the Southampton game. Impressive for Hazard again. Deeply <sighs> impressive. But just the, seem to have a nice balance about them now. Chelsea, don't they? I don't have you seen much. Have you seen them play yet? This yeah, seen a bit. And I mean, yeah, they're being driven by Hazard, obviously, um, and uh, he's just an absolute joy to watch. And um, and, and I think Sari as well. I mean. He started really, really late, and, and and you just thought it it was too late. I mean, Conte was still there as manager until July or so, beginning in July, and you thought it would take time. But he's just obviously such a good coach, such a good man manager that he's uh, that he's they've got momentum now, and you think they could they could uh, get involved with Liverpool and, and and City. It's amazing how quickly that can happen, isn't it? Because you talk about these times, it's easy to make not make excuses for them, perhaps more just give them a little bit more of a honeymoon period, but he's a man that doesn't seem to need that. But I don't know if that's again to do with his age or his background or the way that he just seems less bothered by those mm. sort of things. He's like, well, we're going to do it this way and it's worked for me before. And if anything, he's like, I'm quite, I've inherited a very talented squad. Yeah, I mean, also he seems like a positive manager, both, you know, in, in interviews and press conferences, but also on the pitch. I mean, Times of the season where there have been a goal or two up and he's brought off, let's say, um, Kante, but he's put on another positive midfield. And he's not gone to the Conte style of, right, we'll switch to a more defensive approach and see what happens. They are looking for that second goal or that third goal a lot. And I think the fans really appreciate that, especially after Conte's last season. And when you've got a central midfield with the depth of quality they've got at that club at the minute, I mean, we talk about Barkley there, he's like number four or five in the list with Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante, Loftus Cheek has gone back. Loftus Cheek. I mean, I mean that drink water still exists. Yeah, drink water. He was yeah. England squad a year ago. Well, I think yeah. Loftus Cheek did did well at Crystal Palace. Yeah. Got some time at the World Cup. Uh, one yeah. of successful good the World, World Cup. Cup. Looked yeah, good. Yeah. And then this, I feel he must feel a bit cheated. He said, "Come back, yeah. come back." And it, it it's a real waste. I think he'll probably feel like you know what I had to go back to Chelsea oh, yeah. to give it one last yeah, go. Yeah, of course. Rather than say, "Right, I'm Crystal Palace player now," but I think maybe he's. Get him at Derby. You're getting going in the out, squad going at Derby. Out alone, going out alone in January isn't going to happen. As you said, being back at Chelsea, what we don't see happening is that this team is the results of probably everyone in the training ground being so energetic and competitive that the players are having to be better than the other mm. ones to earn their place. There's a real important part that the, the rest of the squad have to play. And I think that's, you know, he's probably got a nice balance because when the team's winning this early in the season, you're like, yeah. I don't mind being there but, when we're winning. The trend January, if you, yeah, if you yeah. think of just going back to Hazard, he sort of bucked the trend because reading the quotes Hazard said about um, Annette, um, wanting to play for Real Madrid, it's incredible that he's playing so well for Chelsea. Maybe he's putting himself in the... It's the a contract year, as they say, yeah. in America. Put his shop window and, 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 and exactly, but that actually that hasn't caused any resentment and he's, he's, he's flying. Yeah. But there's every chance that they might have done a similar thing to what United did with Ronaldo and said, look, give us another year One or two. Year. And, then, yep. yeah. And, yeah. and Hazard, a happy Hazard, for me, is the best player in the league. Mm. Hazard, the, the flip side for Southampton is slightly more depressing because I think they've got... Speaking to a friend of the pod who will be on air with us uh, shortly, Gareth Dobson, we're just chatting about Southampton's players because there's so many... They've got some really good footballers yeah. and they just don't seem to get the rub of the green and the ones that are letting them down, are, you know, costing them matches. And also it's pretty unforgiving. I mean, yeah, minute. that game, particularly Ings, who's been great this season, yeah. 
misses from what three yards a real changes, yeah changes everything you've got Hughes but we're saying at no, no, as well. perhaps Hughes is like as a wartime manager you know bringing him in when you're uh, the chips are down yeah. progressive developing those players I mean I th- you watch the Brighton game they've got to win that from 2-0 up you've got to yeah, go and yeah. win that and that's and that's probably the ended up being a bit of a, a kind of hangover they've taken into the next games because the players have just lost that little bit of spark. Lamina, Hoiberg, great footballers, you know, and, and as you said, Ings has been great. You know, you've got long, I suppose, not not having um, a full strike force to yeah. start the season probably and didn't help starting, them. I think yeah. that's quite a lot. Yeah. Because he's someone yes. who was great for four weeks and then seems so, to have just fallen off the face of the earth. Well, I think Southampton have got a lot of thinking to do in the in the international break, just in terms of how they're going to change that. Um, going back on to the, uh, a game, perhaps, Sam, Man United's performance, so much to unpack. <laughs> I'd love to have had you over the last few weeks because we've got through quite a lot of content. Mark's background, Mark obviously worked doing a lot of work up at Man United over the last couple of years. So you've That's seen right, yeah. this club kind of be... Well, this squad grow and you know what the Since individuals... Jose's first year, yeah. So the last two and a bit seasons. How how about that? How about that for a game? In terms of showing his frailty still, you know, the 2-0 down, what happened What happened at halftime? Do, do we know? Just, I mean, he listened to the crowd, he listened to Paul Pogba of a couple of weeks ago, attack, 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 you know, and, and, and look what happens when you do that. I mean, it had a sense that you had a feeling goals were going to come, you know. I mean, obviously, took off you know, several defenders um, and, and just threw it at them and, and went for it. Um, and, you, you know, you saw the results. Yeah. But do, well. do you think he does this going forward? I, I don't think it will happen. No, I still, I no. still, because it's happened a couple of times a season where they've been a goal or two down. Their best performances the last 18 months have been for two goals down. Mm. And you think, all oh, right, this true. is great. Now he understands that if they just attack teams, teams can't really live with them. And next week you see him, right, we'll, we'll, we'll settle in. <laughs> that's and we'll what, just, we'll that's what Liverpool did until they realised that the reason why they were getting hurt is because they didn't have a Van Dyke. And then right. they, they get Van Dyke and it actually helps the other guys out. And they just, I mean, United, I mean, we know that. They didn't do that. They didn't bring that centre-half in when they they tried everything, didn't they? Yeah. But yeah. What, does, what is the answer? What's In terms of Mourinho, how do you feel about him? Sam, what's your opinion? Because uh, you, you, you're vocal on Twitter yes. around it. So. Well... <laughs> It's difficult now, isn't it? It's the third season. I think he deserved a third third season. Um, there was a lot of after the Sevilla game. Um, that was the real right. That's it. That's enough. But I think he'd done enough to deserve a third season. Clearly, United finished second. And as I said on Twitter on Saturday, when we United were two 0 down, that it's easy to forget that this United team beat uh, Man City, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal. Um, you know all the top teams. Um, this year in in the spring mm-hmm. and and the, the the decline this year has been it has been steep. So Mourinho deserved a third season. It, it, it's just been it's been turgid. It's been horrible. Obviously, you know, a wonderful comeback sort of as um, uh, as masked that. But you know, next game is. Uh, Chelsea. Well, their next their run of games is yeah. tough. Chelsea right? away. U- so Juve, they've got yeah, all yeah, that's right. Yeah, Chelsea there. and then Juve on the Tuesday. Yeah. And so they'll need to tap into. I mean, maybe it, it is a it is a stay of execution. I know David McDonnell from the Mirror yeah, went yeah. all out. He's going to be sacked this weekend. Um, it, it it didn't happen. I mean, it's unlo- you know, and um, I think the problem is. I think the problem is, and this is Mourinho. Where is the, what's the alternative? What's better at this point? Season and October. You know, Moy. Okay, it was Moy's first season, but Moy's got into April. I yeah. mean, October. It's like being hooked after twenty minutes, isn't it? Yeah. And for Mourinho. 
There isn't anybody better. I think it's better to 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 to, to leave him there and see what he what he can do. But the, he can but, still win games. But the mistake they've made in the past was with Van Gaal and Moyes. They waited until mathematically they couldn't get Champions League and then pulled the trigger. And you think, well, you know, you might learn that lesson first mm. time. But second time, why, why bother waiting? Like, why, why not just just risk it? Fool me twice. Who, who, who would you risk it for? Well, at the moment, this is this. I completely yes. agree. There's no one around. Mm. You can get Zidane, who, from everything we've read, is very much just I, a, a facilitator of great players. You know, I don't have the no, same quality. I, I think that is. I think, and I think as well, you have to think really, really, really carefully about sacking Jose Mourinho because of all his caliber, of all the success he's had. You know. He's not yesterday's man in the sense of he won the league a few, uh, you know, 2004. He won it in 2015, you know, in his second coming at Chelsea. Um, so if, if you really pull the plug on him, that, that, that you know, he was always going to, he always wanted this job. I felt he was always going to get it. Maybe he's got it too late. Mm-hmm. And to, just to dismiss him when there isn't really a plan. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you have to think really carefully. Because I'd also say that actually his first two seasons, I think, were pretty successful yeah. you know he won two trophies first year second year he finished the second yeah. to you know an unbelievable Man City it's what happens but in that season they still go away and beat City from 2-0 two, from two down that's my whole argument with them yeah. and it's only been the last few months for me it's been since the pre-season tour he's sort of injected this real negativity around yeah. the club and I don't know why he did that it, it, well, it seems self-destructive to me yeah and, and I think that, that that's the worry that's the worry that, that his um Everyone loved his man management, you know, John Terry and and Frank Lampard. That's what that you know, they wanted to run through walls, all those cliches yeah, for yeah. him. But now he's he's literally slagging off players, be it Bailly and, and Jones's penalty taking. And even on Saturday he said he took off McTominay because he looked scared. The young don't they got the young ones, don't I know, Matt. I know, and it, and it just felt like that may well have been true and you may well have been right to take him off, but and and you were obviously vindicated because you won. But to, to say a young player looks scared, a young player that you've really backed to the hilt yeah. and you like, just seemed again a real throwaway, mm. unfortunate comment. Terrible just, choice of language. Yeah, and and I feel he, he is unpopular in the in in, in the uh, in the dressing room, and that that's that's that not going to help. Compound it, no, yeah. that's it, because there is no. When you have to do it together, you have to do it together. You have to do it with your team. You can't just be like that and you know, yeah. destroy people. And the fear factor, but. I'd, you know, played for many managers like that, and you can see the ones that bro- brought up in that. Sturrock was like that with his Plymouth, and he went to Southampton. And he lasted forty-four days because he tried to do what he did at Plymouth. <laughs> tried to tell people what to do, and they would just mm. walk past him. James Beatty and I just look at him, going, "What? You, what did you say? Yeah, who are you? Are you the janitor? Well, is, is this is this a reason why? So let's say Zidane doesn't want to come, and his agent has said a few things today that makes it sound like maybe he wouldn't take on the challenge anyway. Someone like Eddie Howe. At United, is that is that too too much too soon? Is he two three years away from that? Is it is it a man who would walk in and be ignored by those A listers? I'm not saying I would you, you necessarily know, you're, you're, take you're any help. Right. It's just a it feels question. it feels it feels a bit when when Liverpool appointed Roy Hodgson. It, it, you know, it felt like really, you know, was was or Moyes or, or Moyes. Yeah, it feels. It just feels like a bit budget, a bit bargain bucket, and 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 United are bigger than that, and that's a Eddie Howe always had a feel of Arsenal about him, and yeah. and 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 that hasn't happened, it might never happen, and of course it's a whole argument about English managers. He does deserve a bigger job, more of a chance, especially Bournemouth for having it a great season. United would be like. It, Again, he's on a hiding to nothing. If he doesn't do well, well, what could be expected from him? He doesn't. He doesn't know how to manage big name players. He's never won anything. Yeah. 
but the headlines are written before he's yes, even got there. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's move on because the Newcastle. I feel well. Firstly, they, from a position of two 0 up, but that they having no luck either at the time. But we could dwell on them the same way that we were chatting about Southampton. She's Ron Eddie Howe four 0 away at Watford. I mean. The, the way that they talk about him in the dressing room at Bournemouth means that why would you ever leave that? You know, why would you leave that? And what you're building something there, and they still, you know, just when you think that they're they're doomed for some lower league position, they just uh, they always kick themselves back well, up. Left, I mean, left before people forget he went to Burnley, didn't he? Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah. I, I, I mean, more cases just since he's Getting gone him. back, and yeah. I don't think they've been in. There's some incredible fact about this that they've not been in the relegation zone for like Bournemouth a bit. Mm. Well, yeah. Just, the, it's, uh, I saw that the other day. It's some insane said, statistic yeah. for a, a club since of that been up, size. I don't think. Been, Is that right? Since they've been in the Premier, Premier League, well, I had them to go down this season, in the so I, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, so again, it may be completely untrue, but I'll rely on the producer who's just fact checking for us now. <laughs> He's definitely doing that. We'll so, let you know, yeah, we'll let you know when that's been cut out. Um, well, yeah, incredible performance for Bournemouth. Watford, perhaps. Let's just have a little look at that because that the wheels have fallen off quite. I mean, the manager. I always, I've always found that quite an interesting appointment because he was what he parted company with Shakhtar. Basically, told they didn't want him. Yeah. They looked around, got someone in to, to do the job. He came in and it was like, my God, he's just got. He he had the best out of everything. The Richardson, everything seemed to getting rid of him. Everything seemed like a good decision, or everything was going their way. And then when they were getting all the wins and kind of difficult for them now because a 4-0 drubbing at home to Bournemouth just makes everyone just put, put, puts doubt in everyone's mind not just the players but the fans as well and yeah. playing in those environments can be you know quite defeatist for yeah I think I mean they've got a lot of points on the board already yeah. really I mean after four straight wins and I think a draw as well so they've got 13 points so I think they've they're allowed a wobble um, for, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I, th- I think they'll They'll be okay, and and Watford, you know, frankly, if they finish tenth, eleventh, twelfth, they'll be they'll be happy with that just to stay in the Premier League. So, yeah. so maybe it's just a blip. Maybe yeah. also the, the Cabaselli red card. I mean, he goes off at one nil. Yeah, 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 and I felt like that just they just crumbled after that. Mm. And Bournemouth have got, when they smell blood when they go forward, they can be a, 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 the the pace of that front yeah, of that front line when, when, when you're playing against ten men who are pressing up to try and get something. You can get taken apart, and yeah. then they show there's an absolute counter-attacking masterclass in that game. It's really, really impressive. They seem like a very mature team as well, Bournemouth, despite organized. having such youth within that. Yeah. yeah, very organized. Yeah, they got some. Yeah. yeah, I mean Steve Cook at the back, and they got. They got I, I watched them players. last this time last week on Monday, and 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 any good run, you 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 get some good luck as well. I thought Crystal Palace actually had the better of their game last Monday, <laughs> and it would have finished one all, but for Sacco, inexplicably yeah. sticking his elbow in in. Uh, Bournemouth players face so they, they got a little bit of luck uh, as well but they've deserved it as well and 4-0 yeah. speaks, it, speaks for itself yeah I mean, uh, yeah so yeah moving on to the Tottenham game just to say welcome to Gareth Dobson Gareth uh, a whistleblower regular but dialing in from home today are you in the, in the west is it west Norwood Gareth the massive south, uh, north? south Norwood the, south uh, Norwood I'm far too close to Selhurst Park for my life ah uh, there we are I think this is my my wife is from South Norwood so <sighs> be careful what you say be polite and, and that's this is Sam Pilger by the way Gareth because uh, <laughs> hey okay. Sam hello <laughs> good stuff well we were just talking briefly about uh, the last cover the last couple of games which you might have heard is um, mm. but moving on to Spurs how's um, how did you find the win over Cardiff and uh did you see the game? I did. It was uh, a bit of puff and puff. It was a fairly perfunctory win, but it's. I think it was. It was super important, especially because 
uh, the next two months. Uh, for Spurs, are going to be a really crunch period. They've got uh, their away to West Ham next from their home to Silly on a Monday night. And then they've got you know a slew of now absolutely must-win Champions League games. So it's one of those ones where you fall into the classic cliche of it doesn't really matter how you get it done. You just need three points. Um, but it was... I mean, there are things to take heart from, though, because Spurs were missing, you know, Deli Ali, Vertonghen and Eriksson, to, to name a few, and they still still just about uh, got it over the line. I mean, Cardiff caused a few issues, but, you know, they're, they're, they're no mugs, I don't think. I, I think they're a fairly, you know, they're a well-drilled team, and they know what to do. I think they realise that one of Spurs' bigger issues so far this season is they're quite exposed when you attack them from down the flanks, and... They uh, they had a good go at that, but yeah, overall it was, I guess, a satisfying three points. Did you see that, Sam? Did you watch any? Have you seen any Spurs this season? I I. Uh, or did you watch? Did you at least see the foul for the? Red I saw card? the foul, was, and I something I'm else. quite aghast that <laughs> apparently Cardiff are appealing it. And that that would Warnock. That would just be Warnock it's, to drive well, through his pig mindedness. You know Warnock. Admire him, obviously, yeah. but I mean that that was appalling. Absolutely, I mean it was assault. It was just awful. And the fact that they're appealing it and didn't think it was a red card, it was horrible. I mean, there's one thing nipping someone's legs if they go past you, but that was that was cynical in the extreme. Really, I hate that when it's got nothing yeah. to do with football. When the as in the ball, when the ball's nowhere to be seen. I actually think, never mind appealing it. I think that should be three off. Four game ban. I don't you know. know. Is that a thing? Can they extend it? Because they probably can. They can probably extend it to five games. Of I, I, think, I think something you can. Sorry, you can actually extend a ban if it, the the appeal is deemed frivolous. So that is quite Ooh. an interesting possibility. Is that right? I did not yes. get knowledge. I, I hope. I mean, I hope the bid, the ban is extended and is as long as possible because that just there has to be a deterrent. That is that was just nasty, horrible to see. Yeah, yeah, they've got a few of those. That's that's a very Warnock esque thing. And for him to say what was his line? It was like it didn't endanger his life, so that <laughs> means it wasn't a red card. <laughs> I was literally laughable. If you saw that guy, although I, I would say on the. Uh... On the foul, there was an interesting divide between all, all the sort of commentators and the pundits who, um, you know, advocated the red. Uh, most of them were sports writers, journalists, and so forth. However, a lot of the ex-professionals seemed to be a little less um, het up about it, and uh, they fell on the side of, "Wow, it's a yellow. What are you going to do?" I mean, as someone who who crossed that divide, grits. Where do you stand? Do you know the the thing? I didn't. I didn't. The malice wasn't in. He wanted to hurt him. He just had to stop him getting to the ball. It's because he's not hurt him in any way. Where it's like I've gone through his legs. It's just like this is embarrassing for me. I need to stop this guy getting past it. It's almost like a shirt pull. You know, that's that equivalent. Mm. But because it looked the way it did, that's why players will go, ah, do you know what? It's when someone body checks you or does something where they know they're really going to hurt you. It's like a cheap shot or a freebie. You know, when you've got your leg planted on the floor and someone just leaves the studs in or lifts the leg on you just so that they catch you. That's the kind of ones that kind of players really hate, I think. So I could understand from that point of view, but it is the indefensible. And to be honest, it, it, it didn't affect... The result of the game, but you know, it's certainly Moro going through on, on goal there. It's he's lucky it was so close to halfway. And as you said, there's every chance that that could get extended if, if it is. And if it is deemed frivolous, then I, don't, I can't wait to hear what Warnock says about that. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I, I would say actually, you know, that uh, being on the receiving end of that foul was probably the most 
productive thing that Lucas Moura achieved <laughs> on Saturday. He was uh, he's fallen back into that tantalising uh, situation where he looks great until there needs to be an end product, and then he's he's sadly lacking at the moment. You can see why. You know, he's flashed around some big clubs and been had big pay, fees paid for him, but you know hasn't really settled anywhere. So we'll see if uh, Pochettino can get out of him because it sounds like Ericsson's going to be out for possibly upwards of a month. Um, there's reports today from the the Danish camp that he has a uh, a chronic stomach issue. I'm not sure if the word chronic is something that's been lost in translation and maybe sounds quite. Uh, a lot more worrying than mm. than than they actually mean, but that's obviously not not good news. And I, I think Spurs are going to need their their entire squad to to make it through the next uh, couple of months. No, definitely with the Ericsson one, as you said, the chronic can mean a couple of things, can't it? Because if it's anything, if it's something actually to do with the internal workings, or if it's something like uh what's the word um a hernia you know that you never you never quite understand but um but yeah the very, by the very fact that they're saying that it's it's an issue that's longer than it could be that's and it's been one of those ones it has been one of those starts for Spurs hasn't it you just haven't had you haven't had much luck when it comes to injuries and as, as you say you've lost the real core of your side um so playing its card of getting the win was important as it has to be was uh was core uh, an intentional pun there um, yes, of course, poor, of course, poor Christian. Of course, it was. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, not to uh, drag on too long about Spurs, but I would say the two uh, interest points for me is that I, I think having Harry Winks in the team back from injury is is, is really heartening for the for the Spurs fans. Uh, Pochettino adores him, and obviously, uh, you know, as a homegrown player, so do most of the uh, the Spurs fans, and he brings something which we don't have otherwise. He distributes the ball really quickly and he does well under pressure um, and he kind of keeps things moving along. So he doesn't, he can't do all the things that Ericsson does, but in terms of, of that moving around and distribution, he could be quite quite a key man. And then the other one is it, it's fascinating to see that evidently they can't trust or don't think that Lamella can currently start two games in a week because he's played both the uh, Champions League games and, and, and looked pretty good and back on, you know, looking like he's getting back to the foot, his best form he had at Spurs. But then when you think, well, he's definitely going to have to start the weekend given the amount of injuries, they they choose to play uh, Sissoko, which uh, I think usually indicates the lack of other options rather than their, their faith in poor Musa. Definitely. Well, uh, another player that I know that you're a big admirer of, Gilfie Sigurdsson, doing the business at the weekend as well. Budging of that. Did you see the goal? I did. I, I mean, I'm, I'm torn between that and the uh, the Arsenal goal. The Aaron Ramsey goal was the best goal of the weekend, and probably going to be top two in goal of the month. It was the 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 Gilfie Sigurdsson turn to set up the shooting yeah. opportunity was was you know the the thing that really makes it sparkle. And you know, I, I don't say anyone can hit it from there, but it's when you have that little bit of magic to to, to set it up that you go, oh, that's that's a special goal. He's it's nice to see him kind of you know getting to that place at Everton where he, he's dictating the game and he's the main man. I, you kind of feel he's that sort of player that you need to run the game through him and you need to make the exception for him and the team for, for it to really work. I'm not sure if he's ever that perfect complementary or peripheral player, but when you give him the uh, the keys to the Merseyside car, then it might just be uh, <laughs> what works out for him. Definitely. With the players that, uh, I, I don't know if, uh, if you got a, a view on it, Sam, but the way Selva is now almost 
changed their mentality to be more attacking and it's actually freed up the quality players that you know Everton that struggled last season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Sigerson uh, represents that because, I mean, he went for something like 50 million and I think he had quite a, a mediocre season last year. But uh, he, he's clearly coming back into form and I, I just absolutely love that goal. The little look he gave just as he was receiving yeah. the ball uh, and then the turn and then the finish and how it dipped just in uh, just at the right time. So, yeah, obviously Silva's got them playing with confidence. Um, next up is uh, Crystal Palace, who, who are on a bit of a poor run, but you know could come back. They're a good counter-attacking team away from home with obviously Zahar. So um, that that will will probably be a bigger test than they realise. But yeah, Everton, eh, you know, are they going to push on now and 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 threaten the top four, or, or, or are they going to wobble around as as they have done mm-hmm. in recent years? But you know, they're, they're, as you said, they're playing with confidence and they got you know and and, and doing well. We can enjoy the Sigerson goal for as well. I think it was Madison. Madison's the one that he goes around, and it was just like, "Welcome to the big leagues." <laughs> yeah, this is. You might have had a good start. Well, he had a call, England call up that week, didn't he? Yeah, it's still plenty of some. Well, listen, Gareth. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll hope to have you back in the studio very soon, uh, uh, talking all things football and a little bit of music as usual. Uh, thanks for joining us. Catch you soon. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers. Okay, that's the end of part one. Uh, well, join us after the break where we'll go through perhaps some more of the results of the weekend uh, and touch a little bit on the, on the Ballon d'Or. The Whistleblowers is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Whistleblowers Beer of the Month. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back, Mark. Uh, where, where you been? Oh, slacking, slacking oh, off. You just completely zoned out. For no, a no, there. yeah, sorry. It's good to have you back. Uh, <laughs> any other? Uh, we were just we were just chatting about Tottenham, Everton's slight resurgence. I was at the Palace game at the weekend. Oh, yeah, uh, so was I. Yeah, were you, against were you Wolves. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was there, stood in the in the rain. All uh, right. I was interested. What, in the Wolves? I was, no, I was actually yeah. in the Palace bit because my, my mate put a season ticket holder and I always get offered the real glamour ones when his dad doesn't want to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But I really wanted to see Wolves kind of up close and it was a nice chance to see. Yeah, I, I thought Wolves were, were quite... Were quite average, really. They I were. thought that I didn't think that I, I like yourself. I thought, um, you know, they won, so that's job done. But I thought that they'd be uh, quite interesting to, to see after the run they've been on. But I didn't think there was anything between them and Palace no, except for the finish, you know. Isn't, isn't that a good sign, though, for a, a club to come out that we're first of all expecting so much, but secondly, they can go to a pretty difficult place like Palace. And without playing well, pick up three points. Yeah, I think that's, that I mean, bodes well for the Palace season. can be difficult. Although this year they haven't scored at home, so <laughs> not not so difficult. This this and they got a point out of a possible twelve. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely going away three points. Um, it's it's up and up for them. And yeah, and Palace the kind of positive options up front for them. They just they do look a little bit toothless. So don't know who, who started this whole season. It was um, the, the, the sort of front three. Still. No, Benteke is still out. So it was Townsend, Ayu, and and Zahar right. sort of and interchanging up front. And they do look lively in, in, in places, but they, you know the space was shut down. They did seem wolves. Did manage. They to did a job on Zahar, and Benteke is one of those players that um, Palace do need a focal point, but but. It, 
but he's just been in such shocking form. And the fact is, I think they would have offloaded him in the summer if they could, but I don't think anyone wanted to take on his wages and the fee, not even China or anybody. And and he's come back in, in, in appalling form. And, but Ben Teke is a really, really good player, you know. Yeah, is, but I've yeah, not watched him. Can be, but yeah, maybe. He can be, but he's a good, I mean, he know. had three really good years at Villa. He earned the move to Liverpool. It wasn't an absolute disaster. I mean, uh, if you remember the scissor kick against oh my, United, that's, that's, you know, that's the first thing that's what he can. Head, yeah. That's what he can do. Yeah. First season at Palace, uh, seventeen goals helped to keep them up. And you, th- you know, it was actually too good for Palace in a way when they got him. But now, now that doesn't look the case. He had dreadful last year. Didn't score a goal with his feet all year. He scored three goals, two headers, and and a penalty. <laughs> And so he didn't score, sorry, from he open scored, play how did he with score his the penalty? feet. Sorry, didn't score from open play <laughs> yeah. with his feet for a striker. Okay, yeah. So is it, is it just feet a confidence? Is it just a confidence worlds. thing? It must be just confidence. <laughs> he, look, he looks like well, he, he didn't, is tense at all times. Yeah. He didn't go to the World Cup with Belgium. I can't remember if that was an injury or, or not, but he certainly didn't deserve to, so he missed out on that. He doesn't, he's got, not got the finesse. He doesn't strike balls. It's like ba- Balotelli, right? Mm. Balotelli will either catch one like a rocket because yeah. he'll just try and kick it as hard as he can, <laughs> or it'll, it's like as I was just saying, it's like a feel like Toblerones. You know, they don't—they just kind of it'll go off an angle mm-hmm, yeah. and it'll sclaff. But he can kick it it'll, well. It'll what? It's not. It was sclaff. You know, the I've, word never, I've never heard that before. Sclaff is when you just kind of cl- it's like you clatter it and it will just. Bobble is it a posh word corner. for? Scuff, scuff, kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, what's the difference between scuff a scuff is and a worse scuff? than a scuff? Oh, is it? Because it's almost like you've you've had a shop and it, you've had four touches because it's right. just like you've done right. like you've not followed through, you've not struck it. What's well, it called when bend into the corner? What's it called when it hits it, your standing it, foot before you swing at it and, and you completely? Airball, that's right? just awful. <laughs> I don't know if that has got a word, but it should no, have it a should word have. attached to it. But no, I find that because Balotelli always endlessly frustrating. He'd always he'd drag the ball in, yeah. or he'd it would, and then he'd stand there going can like, you, "Yeah." But can you can you coach that out of a player? Do you think, or is that just inherent? No, but when the players are confident, so this is the thing. So the way that they strike a ball when they're confident, so like the scissor kick, or like the goal for against was it against Germany for it was Italy Balotelli. When yeah, he's yeah. imperious, it's like everything's going to come out the middle. Yeah. But when he doesn't, he hasn't got that base technique. Whereas Barkley, when we talk about players that are coached, Barkley always looks like he's always been able to strike, he just strikes balls. Mm, when he's yeah. like a guy that goes to the driving range and he just smashes them out of sight, you know, if he picks up a cricket bat, he, he can middle it. So, so a six out of ten t- Barkley or Sigurdsson strike is... It's just you can still score with that. But it's a different sort of strike, yeah. isn't it? It's that. It's just that's the way they are. And the problem is with Ben Teke, he just doesn't have that. There's no base... Yeah. The, 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 it just looks horrible, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, Where's yeah. Ta- Townsend? Because Townsend's got Townsend's got great technique. And, you know, same as Oxley Chamberlain. Those sort of players that are bouncy wingers that will cut and then they'll hit a ball with a you know the technique that you like. Going, yeah, you can do that and you can replicate it. Yeah. But you never know what you're going to get with a bent. The, the, the way with Rooney, I think that's the point. Overlook with Rooney was his his half ball striking. So a ball would come yeah. in. And he'd, he'd, oh. It wouldn't look like he'd hit it crisply, but he's in, intentionally doing that. It's that it's that half ball cutting across the keeper he was so good at that finish and that's the sort of thing that Benteke could only do if he scuffs it back he's, exactly. he's never doing that on that's purpose it. no that's yeah. it and that's not it. and again but that's not his nest, you know, natural no. game There's the, the, no. the athleticism the pace and the kind of and the focus point through the, the lines the, and you're right he's better yeah. in the air than people gave him credit for because mm. you know when he's just just a great leaper and, and kind of great timer of a, head, yeah. of a good header but you think you, you, I mean 
you, I mean, Torres had that terrible time. You think somebody yeah, with that yeah. talent can't just go, can they? Can they go? Is no. it? You, you think they do come back eventually? They do, you know? but the, uh, what Torres is his perfect example because you're just like this guy can't be bad. He no. can't be this bad. No, it yeah. can't be. Things can't be going that bad for him. Yeah. But you're also know that as a character, he's got those weaknesses about his character, perhaps that were just not. Nothing bad about it, just that in that kind of environment, it, you might go inside yourself a little bit. And unless you've got, I would imagine when the cop were behind him and when he had a manager like you know, Rafa behind him, yeah. you didn't, f- he probably didn't feel that he was ever being doubted. Yeah. And then as soon as he was doubted a little bit, then that kind of, you know, tur- turtlenecked it. When you're talking about striking, if I may, to go on to Mahrez's mm. penalty. Yeah. Like, you I, may. I, thank you. <laughs> um, in terms of, the technique there, there was just none. And you think a £60 million player put the ball down and went, I'm going to smash it. But don't... But no, I'm going to smash it. I don't know. And then the no, mentality, the technique, what, what? I thought his technique for it was what he always does. Because uh, the ones he's missed as well, what he does is he... It's always side foot. It's a whip. He's whipped and he's tried to whip it too hard and it's just gone over. If you look at it, because he's still put that shape really, into I it. I just thought he was I, just thought I'm going to smash it. No, nah, yeah. but if you look, because if he's going to smash it, he's going to go straight straight on from back. But I think we but didn't he get a good back, angle. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get good angle no. for it. But watch some of Mares's other strikes. He he just whips them. He will like whip a ball almost like. You know, just like the way he'll, he'll go past someone and then bend it into the back stick or like away from the keeper. or And he, he never strikes a ball straight. Whereas like De Bruyne, for instance, De Bruyne is just like arrows of both feet. He'll just yeah. move it a yard. Same with Pogba. Pogba kicks the ball straight and hard and it stays strong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's never a side foot. Whereas Mares, I always felt like, and wingers tend to do that, they always tend to put but, a bit of fade yeah. or a bit of draw in it. And... What, what are your thoughts on him taking the ball off uh... Off Jesus, yes, because that's that's really the talking because point. Because was Jesus meant to take it? I don't. Well, I have no idea. But he was, no, he was on the spot because I don't think. Because I think afterwards, Guardiola apologised to Jesus that he wouldn't allow delicious him, him to take it. But but incredibly, I mean, we've all you know revered Pep and bowed down to him quite rightly. But um, Mares had missed five of his last eight penalties, mm. and the last one was against. Manchester City for for Leicester. He didn't know it, did he? So, last season, so that yeah. that five out of eight, that's a bad record. Um, and you think you'd have those stats, and you yeah, would have if Aguero yeah. comes off. If we get a penalty, Completely. who's up? You can't be yeah. fighting over. But I'm, I'm also fine in a game where they're two 0 up at home to yeah, Watford, there you go. Yes, but yeah, not yeah, in yeah. the biggest yeah. game that's been in the league this season. Yeah. It seems crazy to, win it. to me. Yeah, to yeah. Win it. and you're right. And I think. It seemed a bit Sunday football, didn't it? And, it did. and, and fighting over the ball, and you you should know who's up, who's going to stroke it. It's when um, you need, yeah, it's when you know your uh, David Unsworth's up from the back. That's just going to. That's what you. But need. that's 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 interesting. Give it Laporte. Unsworth's that guy who <laughs> Julian you, 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 you trust him. Bang. Julian Dix, you trust him. Yeah. Stuart Pearce, you know they, they might not all be really penalty take. I mean, Dix and Pearce are bad examples. They are great penalty takers. Yeah. But you, who on that Man City pitch in, in that Man City team would you back? To score that goal, eighty fifth minute away at I Liverpool. I think Jesus probably would have. That that was the thing. You just think. I think he would have calmly stroked yeah. it in. But Maris, when you said I was watching with my son, I said he's going to miss. Mm. And you just saw he just yeah. looked nervous. So that's you thought, well, why, why did you take the ball? He just was. He just looked like. And that's yeah. why I thought he was so nervous. He thought, I'm just going to smash it. Yeah. 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 Well, it was the closest thing to to, to Waddles. Well, yeah. I've seen for a long time. <laughs> so, but interestingly, it it made the game a, perhaps a, a reflection of. 
kind of how the teams went out. So the end result being nil nil and it being different. There was a different feeling about this Liverpool Man City game, wasn't there? Because it them coming out of it with a point each isn't a bad thing for either of them. They stay they they stay within touching distance of each it other. Would, yeah. They stay one and two. It was probably predictable that it yeah. would end up nil nil after all the Liverpool hype about they've they've got City's number, they know how to beat them. They know yeah. how to beat them comfortably. Yeah. Um so they'll probably both be pleased and, and Chelsea would be delighted. I yeah. thought actually City were, were pretty good. I don't think it was it wasn't swashbuckling City by any means, but it was definitely a very mature championship winning team uh, performance really away a very tough place to go Pep said he's not going to open up and play against Liverpool the way they want to play against they've got 0% chance of winning that but so the, the way they played I thought was actually quite controlling and yeah. they should have won it I know Gundogan um, you've got no De Bruyne that, those are guys that kind of are like the fluid that kind of helps Silva play the way that he plays yeah. and you know that kind of free up uh, Sterling and Sane when he comes on so I think going there without those guys because that's the funny thing at the city squad you just you look at them and you go well it doesn't matter who plays for them they're going to be all right yeah. but there are key players for them mm. that I particularly think that are going to become more apparent in the Champions League when you know you need that extra layer of quality and Silva's you know Silva has to has to diminish at some point you know he can't keep doing it because there's so much weight on his shoulders and he's you know I don't, I don't I think Bernardo, I like Bernardo Silva as a player, but mm. is he is he going to be as consistent? He's not in the same. He's not. Yeah, not in the same league really, is he? So, but, then, but then, I mean, you could argue the same thing for Liverpool. They've got a first eleven who they can absolutely rely on. But if you overplay them, as we saw, they can look a little bit leggy, like they did against Napoli as well. So it's difficult. It's difficult for Liverpool. We thought they'd strengthen the squad, and they have. But now you've got the Oxes out. Cater looked like he was injured uh, midweek. And then you think, well, actually, you're pretty down to the bare bones again in midfield. So I don't really know if they have strengthened as much as you'd hope. Now they've got a good, solid defence and a much better keeper. It feels like they don't have to be as attack-minded. And so you're losing a bit of the quality from Salah and Mane. So I think Liverpool win the league still. Um, I just think they've got something about them this year. But that game against City, I thought they were second best for probably 75 minutes. Yeah, well, I mean... It's well. It's certainly there's there's still the two teams uh, to be, and uh, but interestingly, Arsenal's performance. We'd, we'd say Arsenal's performance of the weekend, but a contributing performance from Fulham that was particularly mm-hmm. dreadful. Uh, the you know for their manager to be in the touchline, just looking most defeated I've seen. I, I feel I do feel sorry for him because you know Arsenal kind of were irresistible going forward and and scored a lot of aesthetically pleasing goals, but. Um, Things are looking pretty dire for uh, you know Fulham at the minute. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought their Arsenal, the, the more the yeah Fulham were poor, but I thought Arsenal's performance was incredible. And if you think they lost the first two games, but they'd lost them narrowly and they lost to uh, two good teams, they've just been incredible. And you and you start thinking, I do. I've felt sorry for Wenger's legacy when people say, "Oh, we've got a club back now," and you know, people are very quick to forget everything he did do. I thought, I think that's a bit. Oh, well, maybe it's the you know, modern social media culture yeah. that, that they're, they're doing Wenger down because they've they've had a good start. But you do think with this momentum and the, the, the goals coming from everywhere that they they you know they could be involved as well, really. So, yeah, but it would be totally normal Arsenal if they go and lose to the top five, top sixteen comfortably next week or whenever. Yeah, it is. Well, that's so the that, that's that's the litmus yeah. test, isn't it? Because I mean, you know, Fulham. 
decent side, but they're nothing special, and you would expect Arsenal to get a result there. The, the way they went about it was you different. Would, but, but yeah, five ones pretty comprehensive. Was, they were fantastic yeah, as well. Yeah. But it would be typical Arsenal to go and then lose that goodwill and that momentum mm. um, in the next game against the top six side. So we'll wait and see. But for me, jury's out. They are playing great, and it's, it is good to see. Yeah, and and it's keeping players fit. Oh, Arsenal that always seemed to be something. You know, Ramsey. Uh, just how good a player he is when he's on form for them. In fact, then if they find a place to play him and then play regularly, then well, there's talk he might he might leave. So mm. might if they can't agree the contract, you know, he did have that incredible spell. What was it about four or five years mm. ago when he was arguably the best player in the Premier League? He's, he's never quite got back to that, but he's always a, a good a good player. Yeah, and it's also you can tell how good he is when you see the clubs linked to him. Mm. Um, you know. If the contract doesn't happen, there's a lot of big, big clubs out there that would definitely take him on. Liverpool and United in this in this yep. league, but abroad as well. I think I think he's an excellent player. Um, it sounds to me like the agent has tried to play a bit of a game there, uh, and it's backfired on him. So we'll just wait and see. Well, you know that's a, the um, player power. I'd imagine that is uh, Emery's a slightly different proposition to deal with than uh, Wenger and the way that Wenger's kind of. <laughs> Probably treats them like family members, and I yeah. don't think I think that, that that element is probably gone a little bit. You yeah. know, you want to bring them through, and you want them to do well, but not to the detriment of the club. Emery treats just... them more like my family members treat me. Yeah, <laughs> I, oh, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> just more aggressively. You completely deserve it. Um, and also, also getting the contract that you wanted last year—that's being a kind of well, you can't. Those two guys are going to play in similar positions, so ultimately. I would wonder if Oxford didn't get that contract, how that would be looking. Well, that's decision. the thing. Oxford didn't even play on Sunday. He, he wasn't even in the side, was he? And they, they do. It does feel like they are better off without someone. Who, without Ozil, they have players who are all. It feels like they're all chipping in and putting in a shift. And I know that Ozil does that as well, but it's his languid body movement that makes everyone feel like he's not pulling his weight. And I don't know how you put him in the team after you've just beaten Fulham five-one away. Uh, it just seems strange to me that now they've got the best played player in the league on a long-term contract and they're going to let Ramsey potentially leave because they can't fit him in. It just feels like that might be the last thing that Wenger did for the club and it's a bit of a a bit of a sour one, it could be. Yeah, well, uh, I, I don't think you meant it to No, of course like not, that, no, but, no. Uh, it was, yeah, a nice parting shot. Last two games for us to look at, um, West Ham... Losing to Brighton after they've put in some fine performances over the recent weeks. Was that a very West Ham thing? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, it was against it was against United, wasn't it? And 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 you know they 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 were all guns blazing, fantastic performance, and lived off that for a week. And then yeah, go and lose to Brighton. So yeah, I mean, if they if uh, Pellegrini sort of pulled it round a, a bit, but uh, I don't I don't expect them to have a great season really very inconsistent up against it and inconsistent is not a, a good recipe Burnley good for Brighton though. they, they um, what, they've had two or three good comebacks this season and, and, and uh, rescued points and you know West Ham it is a little bit of a case of in front of the cameras with Sky and against United at home it's a different mm. proposition and yeah fair play to Brighton now. They yeah. and, dug and, it out. and Glenn Murray a big yeah. shout out for him we love him on the show yeah. huge fan of Glenn huge Murray fan. huge Master. fan I, I, I shared a gym I hope I inspired him Gin uh, <laughs> uh, or Jim? Jim, Jim, Jim would have been nice shared a gym with him when he had done his cruciate at Crystal Palace and I would see him on his own in the gym day after day after day and, and you know you're forgotten about when you're injured 
and but he was there, and he was then 31, 32, So you thought, well, you know, could that be the end? Could yeah, he come I'd back ser- from I'd it? Certainly stop caring at thirty one. Yeah, and and um, twenty one, you know, twenty two. It's fantastic now at thirty five <laughs> to see him to see him scoring goals and back at Brighton and doing really well. He's doing great. Yeah, He's great. Love it. He, he's great. Last game, an absolute uh, ding dong. Burnley, Huddersfield, one each. <laughs> two teams that are. I feel a little bit sorry for Burnley after having the European glamour uh, snatched away from them now to the, the stark reality of another season in <laughs> in the battle. Uh, well, they've, they've not necessarily been that end of the t- table, but it's very, it feels like they could be dragged into that this year. Um, yeah, maybe. I think they'll be fine. Uh, apparently, they were awful against Huddersfield. Um, but again, you know, they were awful, but they, they got the result. Huddersfield are going to struggle this year. I can't. I don't think there's three teams mm-hmm. worse than them. I think it could be a bit of a bit of a trawl. Is it? Is it far too early to say it's Huddersfield, Cardiff, and someone else, or is that? I think that's fine. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, in October. <laughs> yeah. I had a chat with someone the other day I who mean, thought Cardiff might beat Derby's record. That's not going to happen, but it might not be far off. <laughs> no. what was that eleven points? Yeah, all right, mate. All right, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just just checking. Yeah, was eleven. It? Was 11 it? Yeah, yeah. So just touch on Derby briefly. The the fact. Someone was saying it's such a championship manager 20th season thing with Lampard managing a team yeah. potentially against Thierry Henry with John Terry as assistant at, at, yeah. at Villa. Just love that. That's and then we've got a team, we've got a team, like a squad is sort of full of players that have just computer generated who aren't. <laughs> by that point, it's too far in the game. I was at QPR Derby on Saturday um, and we uh, were fine it's always a good way to describe you. Yeah, we were fine. We, we drew away at QPR. QPR have sort of shown signs of resurgence in the last few years, last few years, last few uh, weeks. They look actually quite good compared to where we thought they'd be you know, five, six weeks ago. Um, but Derby have got a very, very tough eight, nine, ten games coming up. And I don't think we picked enough points up from the last mm. five or six. And I think it could be that we get to Christmas time and we are, you know, 12th, 13th, 14th even. So... Good job Lampard got inducted to the Legends thing today, the Hall of Fame, because I don't think in eight weeks he will be. We'll see. But, fingers crossed, he might, might be completely wrong. We've got a very tough run, that's all. What are you up to at the minute, Mark? We're going to hear you on any other airwaves. Uh, uh, talk sport up. here and there. Nice. Yeah, those Good. those bits. Well, I'm sure we'll be back on here after the international break. Sam, uh, where will we be able to catch your uh, recent work on in cricket as well as football? In cricket? Well, the, the, the recent stuff I've done with Michael Carrick and Kevin Keegan will... We'll be in forthcoming four four two. So look out for that. Yep. Yeah, no, that should be good. I'd, I, I would. would like to read the Keegan one, especially. We'll read the whole article, Martin. I will do. <laughs> I'll read the whole magazine cover to cover, mate. Still get four four two. That's that magic. What, uh, when you were younger, let me just, were you a uh, match or goal onion bag? Do you remember the onion bag? Yeah, yeah. Called the onion bag. No, it's it's match or shoot. No or goal. Shoot. Goal. See, I'm we're about. I'm forty five. You're forty. Have you? Yeah, you're forty. Forty. Yeah. 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 40-45, so I, yeah, it was shoot and match. And then goal was a bit later. Goal right. was goal, goal was my era. Goal, yeah, goal came out after, was arrival to 4 4 um, And total football, that, that was pretty cool. Total football. Total football. God, I remember these. Yeah. Do you remember a magazine called Sweet FA? 
No. So this, right. So right. of course you don't. So I was about, Hang on. I was about 10, right? And I was at my friend Matthew Tool's house. Was this this? Uh, was it like a pullout from Right. Viz? So we, we, we're 10 years old. We go to the local, local newsagent. I see there's a football magazine. Not seen it before, so I'll buy it. Newsagent says nothing, just lets me buy it. I go home. <laughs> I open the magazine. It's Don Hutchinson with this knob out. Right, and I'm this, like, what is going on? This isn't, this isn't a and thing. And we, we were so scared. This isn't a we, thing. Didn't, we didn't know what to do with it, this so we before, burnt it. This is before... What? <laughs> we burnt the magazine. Oh, that was when he covered it with a Budweiser thing, wasn't it? Was his actual... Did you have actually the I mean, hardcore I yeah. one? I'm not, oh, what I'm not this? sure if I've misremembered it. And, and now I've met... You I've, dream, in my mind, I dreamed of Don Hutchinson with, with putting a, He peeled the, the Budweiser <laughs> label off the beer and, and put it over his knob. But, but maybe you had the hardcore version where he <laughs> yeah. went, this is it. It's like the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket. Yeah, exactly. I got the one magazine with the real, the real deal. <laughs> the, the real deal. <laughs> I went to watch those so- the Soccer Sixes, uh, um, the O2, and the Scotland team just looked like a, the best drinking school ever. It was like, and they played England. It was a really nasty match. And they were like saying, they were like, who's going to be... Who's who's going to be your biggest opponent, or, uh, or who are you most scared of playing? He goes the hotel bar. Because <laughs> kids are going to be in there for they twelve win, they hours. They win every shift. time. <laughs> hotel bars, beers. And it was like Don Hutchison and McCoist, and you know the usual fare. So to say legally, I don't know if it was really his. We're going to find. <laughs> it. I don't know if it's photoshopped or whatever the. the well, this podcast is going to be called Sweet FA. So. so Sweet FA was that just naked footballers? What was what else was on the page? I'll be honest. Um, we got to about page one or two. That's about it. <laughs> that was Saw it. it. Panicked. Panicked. Yeah. Complete panic. And is, didn't yeah. know what to do. Couldn't return it because then I've got to explain to a yeah. Sounds a bit traumatic. Like you're traumatized. But I'm still talking about it. Like 20 years later, it's <laughs> 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 pretty bad. It's <laughs> pretty bad. Well, thank you both uh, for your time, and I hope to have you both on the Whistleblowers. Well, I certainly hope to have Sam back uh, soon. Thanks, Mark, man. you'll be here, <laughs> well, anyway. co-host. Hopefully, I'll, you know you can you can just do it yourself next time, Mark. All right, be nice to give you. I'll give you a little bit of freedom. Uh, nice having you both here. Speak to you again soon. That was the Whistleblowers. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks.
Sports Social Podcast Network.